Welcome back to Empowered Rx. We are the mentorship program and community that helps women who have had their lives disrupted by trauma to reclaim their health and step into their power. At Empowered Rx, we believe in the transformative and healing power of fitness, nutrition, and mindset. We're here to give you actionable tips and resources that will help you get back on track and reach your goals. We are here to help you turn your struggles into strengths so that you can be so strong, so healthy, and so empowered. Welcome back to Empowered Rx. We are the mentorship program that helps girls and women who are recovering from trauma and eating disorders to turn their struggles into strengths. Today, I'm here with my business partner, Mike Collette and Wendy Federoff of Calling All Crows Organization. She is their development and operations manager, and she's here today to talk about their campaign that partners with music fans and musicians to create change through service and activism. Wendy, thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome. It's great to be here. Yeah. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about you and how you got involved with Calling All Crows and then what Calling All Crows organization does? Sure. So I started with Calling All Crows um, two years ago now. I made a huge career shift, um, had worked in sales in a sales capacity in the corporate world for almost 20 years, um, was an avid music goer and also an avid volunteer at music shows um, through various organizations, Calling All Crows being one of them. And um, there was a job posting at Calling All Crows that felt like a dream to me. And I was at a pre-show service project um, at Red Rocks in, in Colorado uh, with Calling All Crows. And at that point had met the executive director, Kim Warnick, um, several times. And I just said, wow, Kim, that job would just be a dream for me, but I can't, I can't possibly make such a huge career change. And she and I started chatting about it and, um, and made it work. And so here I am in this capacity where I've taken my previous skills from the corporate world, um, but have really grown and developed myself um, to learn a lot about this nonprofit world and doing it at an organization that I'm, I'm just so proud to be a part of. That's amazing. So it must've been a scary change, but I would assume that working for such an amazing organization was also a very positive impact in your life. And I know that you've seen a lot of the impact that Calling All Crows has had on the music world and just women in general. Um, it was founded by Chad and Sybil Stokes. Um, Chad is in the band Dispatch and the Pintos and State Radio, right? Yeah. So Calling All Crows was founded in 2008 uh, by Chad uh, and Sybil, who at that time was his tour manager. Oh. So um, they wanted to find a way to bring uh, activism on the road with them as they toured. And, um, and Calling All Crows grew out of that. And um, the common theme over the years has, has been that the organization um, serves to make the lives of women and girls better. But obviously that's evolved over the years with the campaigns, the different campaigns that we've had. Um, 
and also just with how touring and and how the music industry has has changed. So um, so yeah, that's that's a little bit about the history. The the people often ask why what's what's the name Calling All Crows about? Um, and it's a song by by Chad uh, and uh, the band State Radio, and it's really about. Um, empowering women and lifting them up, um, helping them to find their power. So I would encourage all of your listeners, if they do not know that song, go uh, search it on YouTube and you will see the, the video, which is really cool. And actually Sybil's in that video as well. That's amazing. You know, I love that entire message, obviously with what Empowered does, but we'll actually feature that video and the link to your website in our show notes. So for anyone listening, make sure you visit there. We've got a bunch of little things that you can go check out uh, to learn more about the Calling All Crows Foundation. So, so Wendy, tell us a little bit about the campaigns that are going on. Yeah. So our model typically is to, um, do a campaign for like usually about two years. Um, and over the years, um, you know, the impact that those campaigns have had is, you know, we've um, motivated folks to give of their time. So we've led people in over 30,000 hours of service, um, doing that through pre-show um, activations, doing that through um, what we call our alternative break tours, which is where we actually put music fans on the road with a musician and um, and they complete service as as part of that um, their attachment to that tour um, and there's also fundraising aspects so through those service opportunities um, we've channeled um, I think we're getting cl close to actually seven hundred thousand dollars worth of funds to um, to local organizations that are doing the on the ground work to support the campaigns that um, that we've that we've chosen to to focus on. So that's a little bit about how the the model works. Our current campaigns are um, the Here for the Music campaign um, and also the Unlocked Voices campaign. Um, the Here for the Music campaign actually started in 2017, and we've made the decision to make this uh, our cornerstone campaign. It's it's past its its two year expiration date. Um, but we decided it's not going to expire. We're going to continue that campaign. It's going to be the cornerstone of our organization moving forward. And um, the reason for that is that the campaign is all about keeping music spaces um, safe uh, from sexual violence. And we feel very strongly about the fact that if we can't uh, create safety in the industry that we do our work within, um, then we can't ask folks to care about other other campaigns. So um, currently, we're also running another campaign called Unlocked Voices, which is centered around looking at the social problem of um, mass incarceration and specifically from the lens of how um, mass incarceration and criminalization affect women. Um, so you know that's how how what we're working on currently and. Um, and how we've come to that decision about the Here for the Music campaign. I absolutely love the Here for the Music campaign, obviously for personal reasons. Many people know that I have experienced sexual violence. And so that was what drew me to your um, foundation and campaign 
when I started working for Mike, who's also my business partner, but Mike is the owner of Prototype Training Systems, formerly CrossFit Prototype in Westboro, Massachusetts. And when I started working for him, he told me about this foundation. I had no idea it existed. He's a huge dispatch and chat fan, as am I. Um, and so I was just like, whoa, this is like all my favorite things, music, activism, like we can make fitness a part of this by doing an event for them. Um, Mike, tell us a little bit more about how you found them and just your, your love affair with dispatch. Well, the, the easiest answer to that question is like social media, right? So, I mean, I was following Chad and dispatch since high school. I unfortunately wasn't able to skip school that day where the last dispatch occurred. So I didn't get to see that show. Uh, and I couldn't afford to go to New York City when they did the Zimbabwe show because um, <laughs> I was in college and I didn't have any money. However, I did go to a bunch of the state radio shows and followed their music all through college and after college and were able to see them when they kind of got back together. Um, and it's, you know, really through like social media and, and through Chad's, not just his, uh, work with dispatch and state radio but his independent music and his independent albums that he that he he put out and uh, I think it was my brother John that was like hey wouldn't it be really cool to like do something like this and I think we all kind of came together on it and it was like yeah well let's it was more like a shot in the dark really like I think a re like one of us reached out I can't remember who exactly but reached out to the organization I think Kim was the one that followed through with us and we just had a conversation and said hey like pitch this idea hey like what do you think about this fitness event slash music event. And that's what like the row for crows kind of turned into in 2019. Obviously we weren't able to do it in 2020 due to the pandemic, but we were able to do it in 2021. And it's really cool to, to blend both those worlds, like the community at like prototype and empowered with like the local community, local small businesses around the Westboro area. And then also bring in like fans of like dispatch and Chad and also the Calling All Crows Foundation and kind of like blend these communities within communities together, which all shared like similar values and, and uh, shared purpose for helping others. And so it's been a great like combination of and joint effort to not only raise money, but to throw an amazing event that people, I believe in 2021 was like the event of the year um, that people just were craving uh, after a year of just isolation and and just, um, you know, a lot of like hardship, not just, you know, be, being able to like do events, but you know, the, 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 the mental stuff that, that accompanied that with. So it's just really special to be able to, to kind of join forces and be able to create something and innovate uh, on something such as the uh, Rofer Crows. It, it was um, so funny that I started working for Mike and within like two weeks, he's like, hey, we want to lead this event. You used to coordinate events, want to help? And it was like a couple of weeks after I started working there and I was like all excited about it. And so our first year we ended up raising $20,000, I believe. We had over a hundred participants and we just filled the house. We had two live bands. We had Belit and we had um, the Blue Light Bandits and it, everything was just amazing. Um, but we wanted to come back and do more because it's such an amazing foundation. And so this year at our Rofer Crows um, event, we were able to raise, Wendy, what was the grand total? Um, I think as of yesterday with that matching donation that came in, um, wow. I think it was $28,322. Yeah, so, so we were pleased. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it was just amazing. And as a 501c3 nonprofit organization, um, that kind of support is just huge for us. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's really huge. So we are very grateful. And the other really cool thing about the Row for Crows event beyond the money is to do this kind of work, um, you have to create movements of people. So it doesn't matter if somebody contributes $5 or $1,000. It, it takes movements of people, numbers of people to care about the issue of, of um, sexual violence that shows in festivals or to care about the issue of mass incarceration. So, you know, money, money fuels our work. Um, but the, the other really cool thing about an event like Row for Crows is the number of people that somehow joined this movement. Uh, and, um, and that that's really powerful. I think the other cool thing too, is that we had local musicians who donated their time because they too had seen you know, issues with how people interacted at music shows with sexual violence and they wanted to stand against it. So we brought together um, SNG and um, the Shotgun Blues Band and they were able to perform and then Chad performed with the Pintos and, and it was just an amazing, amazing day. One of my favorite days ever, uh, I think. And one of the things I'm wondering is if you could share a little bit about like where that money goes and like how it helps women and, and girls directly. Yeah, so um, with the Here for the Music campaign, so one of the cool things about that campaign is um, it isn't just about, you know, working with one artist to do this work. It's, uh, we've worked with over 85 different artists on this campaign. We've trained over 3,000 music fans wow. in active bystander training. Um, and we now have an online platform um, uh, that, that has a, a course module on anti-harassment training that's specific to the music industry. Um, so there's, there's one version of it that focuses on folks who work in the industry. And then there's another uh, course that's focused on uh, music fans. And those courses and that training is meant to empower folks to prevent these things from happening. And, um, and, and actually it's really focused on creating industry change too. So, you know, not only have we worked with, you know, artists, but we work with venues and, and festivals and professional organizations. And so to feel that kind of work, um, it takes a lot of outreach. Um, it take, you know, it's, uh, you know, developing that online platform that took consultation, uh, we had to meet standards of, um, you know, ad adult learning. We had to meet standards for um, anti-harassment training that's required in six states. Um, so th there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that goes into yeah. that sort of work, and um, and uh, you know, obviously, it, it takes money to to fuel that. Yeah. Um, it's hard to measure the impact of a campaign like Here for the Music. Um, because you know, a lot of people don't report incidences that happen. Um, it, it just the nature of the work. It, it is hard to actually measure the impact. So, you know, we measure it through our activities. Um, we certainly know that it's a, a problem in the industry. Um, back in 2018, 
we did uh, commission a study that um, we had about 800, I think it was around 850 um, folks that we surveyed about their experiences at music festivals within the past five years. And um, about 670 fo folks responded um, and they responded with over a thousand incidences of sexual violence. So we know it's a problem and it's, and it's a problem that's at a higher rate than, um, than in the music industry than probably in the general population. And we know it's high in the general population. So, um, so we know there's the need and it's, you know, it's hard to measure the impact on the other side, but to get people involved in this and actually create, um, you know, get the industry to be motivated to think of sexual violence and preventing sexual violence as part of their safety framework for running an event, um, we know we've created change there. So, um, so that's where, you know, what some of the, the money has fueled uh, with that campaign, we also, uh, you know, make regular donations to a lot of different organizations that, um, like in, in Massachusetts, um, Jane Doe Inc. is one of them, and the, um, the um, uh, Boston uh, Rape Crisis Center. Um, so we fuel a lot of funds that direction to folks who are doing that on, on the ground work. Um, on the Unlocked Voices side, a lot of the the impact has been uh, about narrative change and telling, bringing people's stories into the world to get folks to care about this issue, um, and then and then take action. And one of the actions specifically in Massachusetts right now is um, there's an organization called Families for Justice as Healing that is really leading the charge about. Um, about some of the funding in Massachusetts that's, that's going on. Um, there's about $50 million on the table that, that, um, that the governor wants to use to build a new women's prison. Um, but this organization is really trying to lead the charge with, you know, hey, instead of building more prisons, what can we do to make these women's lives better and keep them out of prison? So, um, so that's some of you know, some of where the money is going. That is just so amazing. I absolutely love both campaigns. Um, the here for the music one speaks to my heart. It, it, um, is so important. One in five women will go on to report sexual violence. That's not, you know, all of them that have experienced it. That's just who reports it to the law. And so for those statistics to come back from your data as well, I think it shows that change is necessary and we have to rally together to make a stand against it. And you guys are changing the status quo of what it means to be a music fan, how we interact with music um, lovers and musicians and, and just kind of the culture is shifting because of you guys. And we've also seen a culture shift in a lot of the fitness areas as well, CrossFit being one of them, having to do a lot with sexual violence, assault, um, prejudice, and things like that with the rebranding of CrossFit over this past year, around the same time we partnered with you guys. Mike, tell us a little bit about the change in that department and how it kind of aligns with the shift that we're, we're seeing, hopefully, with the music industry. Yeah, you know, it boils down to leadership, right? So, you know, the, the founder 
um, CEO of CrossFit, former founder, CEO of CrossFit, well, yeah, former CEO of CrossFit, founder of CrossFit, Greg Glassman, you know, did some, did some and said some very inappropriate things and, you know, over the years and it kind of came to light here in 2020, um, which is, you know, why he exited and another company came in and bought it. And like I mentioned, it comes down to leadership. You know, when you have an organization like CrossFit where there's over 15,000 affiliates worldwide and the person who's at the, at the head of it is not behaving in a way that everyone else that's underneath them, the majority of those affiliates feel confident around, you know, there could have been a mass exodus, exodus of affiliates. You know, we were one of them that wasn't aligned with the CrossFit brand anymore. And we were going to make the decision to deaffiliate because of the actions of the person at the, at the top level in the leadership position. Thankfully, someone came in, Eric Raza, who's a much better leader and, and human being and um, is bringing a, a brand new, um, you know, light or putting a better light on, uh, you know, or twist on, on CrossFit and just doing some just overall better things from a leadership uh, position. And I, and I believe that if it wasn't for that, it saved the brand of CrossFit because at the end of the day, you know, like, like anything that people really care about, they identify with and, and with CrossFit, you know, people identify as CrossFitters. And so when something like this, where you strongly believe in, you know, doing the right thing and being a good person conflicts with like, well, this is my identity for those people, you know, de-affiliating was a really big decision. You know, it seems like a simple decision. We'll just get rid of CrossFit. Like these people are, excuse my French, but these people are assholes. Well, there's people that are, you know, again, that it's, they have a strong affinity to that brand, strong identity to it. So it was a really difficult decision. And, um, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to leadership and the people that are in that, in that position. And I believe directionally it's in a much better place and um, it's, for, it's for the better. Um, and I feel like the, it's kind of brought the community into a better place overall now, more so now than ever. And there are still some affiliates that decided to, to or former affiliates that decided to de-affiliate but I do think the majority, um, it did save like the brand of bringing in better leadership and just better people to, to run it and bring it to the next level of what it could potentially become. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what we're really seeing is the fitness world, you know, people identify with their health and their wellness, but safety is part of the whole wellness scope. And people identify with music and that feeling that comes along with festivals and gathering as community so the overlap really is not that sexual violence is a music problem or like an organizational problem in uh, corporate world. It's that it's a human problem. And the more spheres that we can get coming together um, in different parts of the world to create change, the better. And so that's why I just absolutely love like two of my favorite things, music and fitness coming together to make change. Uh, it just excites me so much. I can't wait for next year already. So Mike, tell us a little bit about like what your hopes are for the next event. Oh man. Oh, I got a lot of ideas. We all have to sit down <laughs> and figure that out. But, uh, you know, just like anything, I think there's ways to make it bigger and better and make a bigger impact and have more people involved. And I think that's the goal with anything as it, as it grows is to include more people do innovate different and more innovative things. Um, so I, I think of it as being bigger, having grander goals, having, um, again, more people involved, different components to it. it might be a little bit more complicated. Rover Crows 2025 is going to look different than Rover Crows 2022 or 2021, right? And mm -hmm. so, um, and that's just how my brain works. We can make we can make a bigger impact. There's more things that we can do collectively um, as you know, one community, not just many communities. Bringing one community 
together. Um, that's how I, I look at it. I, I do have a question though for, for Wendy. Um, you know, with 2020 being a challenging year, you know, for the fitness industry, it was also a challenging year for the music industry. How did, how did you guys kind of adapt and, or like, you know, what, what did you guys do differently in 2020, um, to kind of continue to move the mission forward of, of uh, calling all crows? Yeah, that's a great question. And yes, our, our, both of our industries definitely, uh, felt the pinch for sure. Um, we really, we learned a lot of new skills. So normally we would engage folks in person uh, during pre-show events or, you know, dur during doing concert outreach, you know, tabling at, um, at shows and festivals. Obviously that didn't happen. So we needed to work really hard on our digital engagement. Um, we actually dedicated a role um, to digital engagement um, we hired a new, a new person in 2020 to be able to do that. And, um, and we became producers of online music, which we didn't expect to need to do, but, um, we invented this thing called the virtual service project, which, um, honestly, I try to think back on, on how that organically we came to that idea, but somehow as a group we did, we were like, well, let's just host some music online and let's have some service and advocacy attached to it. And um, at the beginning in, you know, the April, March, April 220 uh, timeframe, we felt a little bit like we were in crisis mode because um, there were people in, in prisons that were, you know, really being affected by COVID in ways that um, the general community was not. And that was, you know, we felt very sensitive to that because of the Unlocked Voices campaign. And, you know, we felt like we needed to, to do something. And then, you know, then, you know, we learned there were elderly folks who were suffering and it just felt like we needed to, to do something. And so we started these virtual service projects where we would ask people to um, take an action that they could safely do. And, um, and we'd have some music attached to it. When we realized that this was going to go on a little longer than we, <laughs> than we anticipated, um, we realized we couldn't keep up the pace of literally, at one point, I think we were doing three virtual service projects a week. Wow, and um, so we we slowed that down a bit, and um, and we're a little bit more measured in our approach. But we also turned um, we looked internally, and we used that time to um, sort of reorganize ourselves um, internally with some operations changes and um, kind of boring behind the scenes stuff, but stuff that really has made us stronger as an organization. Mm -hmm. um, so we spent part of 2020 doing that. And then I mentioned before the online platform for, um, for our Here for the Music training, we actually had started that before the pandemic and the timing just ended up being really good in that um, it was a good time to launch it because folks in the music industry who we were targeting for this, they, you know, they, they had more time on their hands. So, um, so we focused on, on growing that as well. Um, so yeah, it was definitely an interesting year, but we, we did pretty well um, as far as the support for our organization. It never, 
it it never wanes, which is just amazing. And I and I've actually read that about um, nonprofits in general. Um, you know, people who, who people who did have money to give during the pandemic um, probably had even more money. On the flip side of that, there were even you know there were people who suffered during the pandemic suffered more. Um, so the the need for that work um, was even greater. So it it was a strange year for, for sure. It's still not back to normal in the music industry, um, but we have in a very uh, measured way gotten back to some face-to-face -face interaction. But, um, you know, there were tours that we were scheduled to, to do our work through that, that got canceled this year. So we're, we're still in, in a little bit of waiting mode to see that return to normal. I absolutely love how you took a situation that put a lot of people in crisis mode and you found a growth opportunity in that and found a way to still reach people. And I know I attended several of those virtual concerts and other forms of virtual music. And I remember sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, I have missed music so much that to be able to log on and see live music, even if I wasn't there, just made a huge impact on my day-to-day. -day. So you're having like a ripple effect, not only on the listener, but on impacting women and girls and people who are incarcerated. And then just also by helping people understand more about sexualized um, violence and then also normalizing that conversation, which I think is really, really important. So Wendy, we appreciate you so, so much. We love Calling All Crows. You guys can find them on Instagram at Calling All Crows. And we hope that you will go ahead and check them out via the links in our show notes. Wendy, do you have any like closing things that you want to lead our viewers to or links or anything like that? Yeah, I would just, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. And it's always a pleasure to work with both of you. Um, I would just encourage your listeners to definitely check out our website. There's lots of ways you can plug in on there. You can get on our, our email list. Um, and also just follow us on social media and, um, but you know, those algorithms don't always put us right in front of you. So the, the website is definitely the hub to find out, um, more about our work. Awesome. And so that website, could you just uh, tell us what that website is and we'll put it in the show notes as well. Yep. It's just www.callingallcrows.org. Awesome. Well, Wendy, thank you so much. Mike, thank you so much. Um, absolutely love that we can team up both of prototype and empowered to help make change with calling all crows. So thank you. You got it. Thanks everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of empowered RX. If you want to find us for more information or to understand more about our services, you can find us on Instagram at EmpoweredRx, or you can join our free Facebook community filled with women who are all trying to get healthy and happy. To find that community, simply go to Facebook and search for the EmpoweredRx community. Have a great day, you guys, and stay well.